0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of Ask the Professor, a crowd-driven, crowd-supported feature where we answer your questions and comments on everything from history to culture, political philosophy, geopolitics, economics, everything that matters to us in our common life as citizens. And today's question comes from Isabel, and she actually asked me to comment on a particular book by Thomas Sowell, which I had not read. And I I spent months trying to think of a clever way to say I haven't read it and you should, Finally, I decided, well, that would be fatuous, and said, sorry, can't help you. (laughs) I'm a little behind in my reading these days, and I haven't got time to catch up, though. I'm a big fan of Thomas Sowell. So then she said, well, okay, fine. Could you comment on, summarize his philosophy? And the best way to do that is to come back to a book that I like by Sowell so much, I probably talked about it in previous Ask the Professors. It's called A Conflict of Visions. And Sowell wrote it because he'd said he'd spent 20 years in the intellectual and policy trenches, And he was puzzled by how often on issues that appeared unconnected, for instance, abortion on demand, the minimum wage, and what was then a hot topic, aid to the contras in Nicaragua, he would find himself on the same side of the barricades, glaring at the same faces on the other side. He said it happens too often to be coincidence, but it's too disconnected and decentralized to be a conspiracy. So he thought there must be something that underlies people's particular policy positions that informs their worldview, kind of gut feeling about how things are. And he set out to analyze it. And A Conflict of Visions is a wonderful book, not least because it's very short. It's clear, it's concise. And in it, he argues that there are a few essential kinds of intuitions about the world that separate, well, he calls them the constrained and unconstrained vision, but I'm just gonna call them left and right. I think these terms exist for a reason, and it's no good going around saying, oh, labels are for tins and supermarkets. No. if a label is unhelpful in political debate, it's because it's the wrong label, it's poorly defined, not because there aren't such things as conservatives and liberals or progressives. And here are the things that Sowell lays out. First of all, how important do you think good intentions are? If you're on the left, you tend to place a lot of emphasis on good intentions. If you're on the right, you think the road to hell is paved with them and you're really concerned about methods. So remember back in the Reagan years, dueling bumper stickers, the left had visualize world peace, the right hand peace through strength one is an expression of good intentions the other is praise for a method and so, says from this all kinds of things flow for instance conservatives think that the world is a difficult and dangerous place that war and want are the natural condition of mankind and we should investigate the special causes of peace and plenty liberals think the world is naturally a good place and we need to look for the special causes of disaster and difficulty and they find them in malignancy in the bad intentions the greed the callousness the character failings of people in power whereas people on the right say well no anarchy is the natural order of things so we need to figure out how did people manage to produce a reasonably stable situation what did they get right that we don't normally get right And they're again, conservatives are very interested in tradition, in the tried and true because they don't have enormous faith in the power of humans to start from scratch and make everything right. Whereas liberals tend to be impatient with tradition. And Robert Kennedy's famous, don't tell me the rules, tell me the problem. He was confident that with goodwill, it would be easy to overcome a situation provided you weren't tied down to the things that have been done in the past. What George Bernard Shaw once said, we are made wise, not by our knowledge of the past, but by our responsibility for the future. All of this, the notion that if we are sufficiently pure of heart, difficulties will vanish. And you see this repeatedly in political campaigns and in the administrative style of people on the left, including, I would venture, Justin Trudeau. People on the right, they may be gloomy, they may be grumpy, they like to think of themselves as hard-headed and say, no, no, we, we've we discovered that free markets will turn a desert into a garden. It's not about wanting there to be food or being really against hunger. It's about institutions that protect property rights so that individuals may labor and dream in the security that whatever they try to do will not suddenly be snatched away from them. And this is Sowell's analysis into conflict of visions, since Sowell is himself a conservative, it's also a very fair summary of his views. It's assumed that everything he says about the constrained or conservative vision is true of him, and you have a very good sense of Thomas Sowell, that he is an exceptionally clear encyclopedic thinker whose work, apart from this excursion into why do we differ, is largely concerned with articulating and defending this vision of the world in which good intentions are not enough in which life is filled with difficulties in which we should rely on tradition and not make perfection the enemy of decency beyond that you know what i have read so many of Soul's books where i'm reading them and I'm just gritting my teeth saying oh i wish i'd written that ah, well, how does he how does he make it so clear i'd have tripped over my own feet in that paragraph so if it's not already too late make a long story short <laughs> the thing to do is to read Sowell. Start with a book like Is Reality Optional? But at some point, definitely, if you're interested in understanding why political disagreements are so intractable and political debates are so often a complete failure of minds to meet, read A Conflict of Visions. It's a wonderful book and part of a wonderful oeuvre by a remarkable thinker, Thomas Sowell. Now, if you're enjoying Ask the Professor, we are crowd-driven. Here's the URL for you to submit a question or comment. I'm also dependent upon you for not just Ask the Professor, but for almost all the work that I do, my newspaper columns and all those things on a freelance basis, there's no retirement plan, there's no dental plan. So click here and become, if you're not already one, a regular sponsor so that I can continue to produce Ask the Professor and everything else from the documentaries to the speeches to the newspaper commentaries. Thanks for being with us and we'll see you next time.